Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Today, we have a special episode of the SDR Disco Core vidcast and podcast. Hello, listeners and watchers. Welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Core podcast slash vidcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and today I'm really happy to say we've got a returning guest. This is Jordan Cornish. You may have remembered him from episode eight of the SDR Disco Core podcast. Jordan, uh, you're based out in Australia at the minute, so good evening and how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Good evening, good morning. Um, happy to be back, Neil. Um, love, love chatting, so looking forward to it today. Wicked, thank you so much, dude. So, Jordan, so some of the listeners and watchers may remember you from uh, the previous season on season one, but for those that don't know you, haven't met you yet, could you just give us an introduction as to who are you, like where are you working, what's your role? Um, and just a little bit of background information about yourself, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jordan Cornish. I'm uh, now an account executive at Showpads, which is a revenue enablement uh, software supporting go-to-market teams. Uh, Neil used to work there as well. So I used to be based in um, London, UK as a BDR um, and progressed into an AE role in the APAC region, working with businesses from SMB right up to the enterprise space. Um, you'll remember from the last episode that I've got a uh, two-year-old, well, he's now two, he wasn't before, uh, called Raphael. Um, I'm an avid Chelsea supporter. I love all things Italian. Pizza's my favourite food. Um, excited to be here today as well. Grazie. Thank you very much, Jordan. Uh, and yes, I think this is going to be a really interesting episode because, again, for the audience and watchers out there, this is predominantly for brand new SDRs or BDRs. And Jordan was in that position and now he's been, you know, he's promoted and he's progressed into an actual closing role. And I know that's a big dream for a lot of our listeners and watchers out there. So it'd be interesting to know, like, what's happened since. But obviously to set the scene, so if you're listening to this uh, in your local podcast platform, please make sure you like uh, and give a comment and rating to us. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe below. Uh, but for the watchers, uh, we're looking at your LinkedIn profile. So obviously just giving a bit of context as to, you know, like what's happened since we last spoke. So obviously at Showpad, um, working as a BDR, you was based out in London You've now moved out to Oz in Australia and you're a commercial account executive. You've been doing this for the last uh, eight months. Um, and as it mentioned, when we last met you down on episode eight, we had a lot of great insights and information uh, from yourself. So I think things we were learning was, you know, your tips and tricks to other sellers, onboarding as a BDR and best practices, uh, the day in the life of Jordan and Sunday sessions. Like I remember that prepping up on a Sunday, getting ready for the working week. Uh, we were talking about video messaging. We were talking about, you know, being pitch perfect uh, and Jordan's key takeaways. So Jordan, I'd love to know since episode eight, like what's been going on in your world? What's changed and uh, what, what does it feel like to be an AE, sir? Yeah, good. it's a good question. So, like, every, I suppose every day should always change, right? Because we should, as human beings, always be driving change. But lo loads has changed. Like, the place I live in the world is is different. The market and people we interact with on a daily basis basis is different. 
um, which is really cool because like a lot of the skills you learn as a BDR are about driving conversation, not being afraid to connect with people and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've come into yeah. a, a completely new market where we've got no real presence, um, which is really cool because you get to the opportunity to define what that's going to look like. Um, and you get the opportunity to speak to people for the first time and educate people around what you do. So if you're passionate around what you do, like mm. it's, it's, it's amazing. So um, yeah, we're going really well now. There's, there's two of us here. We've actually just hired our first BDR um, for the region, which is oh, really nice. exciting. So this is a person I'm getting to work with closely on a day-to-day basis and get to share some, some of the like beautiful things about being a BDR. Um, so this is somebody that, uh, a chap called Arjun actually, but he's very excited about the future, about setting up his own business and all these types of things. And we're working around skills that are going to help him today, right? But things that are going to help him in the future. Mm. So that's you know, one thing that's changed today. Um, what's another thing? I've started, I suppose I've started falling into the things um, that used to scare me most, I suppose, you know, uh, like uh, always moving forward, always embracing change, like really, really falling into that quite hard. Um, my son's yeah. growing up loads, that's changed. I've got a, a two-year-old that runs around the house oh. that chucks things at me during my Zoom meetings. It gives me loads of anxiety <laughs> at any moment, as I'm sure you can appreciate um but yeah it's yeah. just a really exciting time all around um i suppose in terms of the the change as well it makes me really appreciate all the things i have learned from the from the, like the bd role from from the uk market because you know it's quite busy and, and noisy um the bdr role yeah. itself is like i miss it a lot <laughs> in a nice way um <laughs> you know because a lot of bdr say two three months in i want i just want to be an a now i want to run a company now yeah, um, yeah. But actually, like, there's just so many uh, bricks on that yellow brick road to AE or, or, or CEO. So, yeah, a lot's changed now. Um, I'm happy to share that Absolutely with you. Absolutely love it, sir. So there's so, there's lots of things that I'd love to to pick your brain on, and it's it's great to hear. Like, you know, you you've immigrated, you've gone out to Oz, you're you're kind of starting this from scratch. You're working with the BDR. Raphael's growing up as well. Um, and you've had that tenure of, you know, going from BDR to A. So there's lots of things that we can dive into. And I think ultimately, uh, what has it been like, I think, you know, for, for yourself immigrating, like moving your life out into another country? Because I think since the pandemic um, and things now starting to lift up, there has been a lot of people moving about. So I'm currently working for a Dutch team where a lot of my SDRs are people that have moved from the Philippines, the US, the UK, from France. Now they're coming out to work out in a different country. That's an experience in itself. Uh, and then secondary to that is you've worked, you're working for a well-established company, but you're now in a region where, you know, you're not as known as well. And you're kind of going back into startup, perhaps maybe scale up. Again, I'd love to know what has it been like moving as a sales professional into a new world with a new life and what is it like to kind of take the helm of kind of introducing Showpad to Australia? What's that been like? Yeah, so like it's a good question as well. Like it's certainly very interesting because, you know, Australia is a place where everybody speaks English, right? But like from a personal perspective, culturally, it's very different to, to England. Everyone thinks about 10,000 miles away. Like if you're just going to drive to the corner shop, it's, it's very far away. So like initially um, having works beautiful. Um, setting something up for, from scratch is beautiful because you can really just dive into it and lose yourself in it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and eventually, you've got to pull yourself out of that, right? Because you've got to make friends and have a life. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. There's a lot of things like I, I love the fact that I've got a kangaroo in the bottom of my garden that I can go and feed with my son every morning. We've got turkeys everywhere. Like, oh, wildlife wow. just walks into our garden, 
that's like that's really cool we get foxes in london so like it's completely different um yeah it's an amazing um <laughs> environment to grow up like for your son to grow up in right so that that part's beautiful and mm. the whole idea of living on literally the polar opposite side of the world when i'm from a very tiny little town in in england called weymouth where nobody ever leaves is uh phenomenal but it's part yeah. of that philosophy of like forever changing and challenging yourself and, and 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 just driving forward all the time right so that 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 element's like super mm. cool i love that bit um the bit about show pads yeah it's 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 weird because everybody again going back to that point is like when you're a bdr you're just like i want to be an ae because it's just better and it's like nobody actually knows why it's better nobody really knows what it is from a role you can read as many job descriptions as you like but like they don't tell you maybe 50 percent of your time spent doing paperwork or admin and that kind of stuff you know um but i I love it don't get me wrong it's 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 a great role but there's a lot of stuff that you're kind of not prepared for um in in going into an ae role but there's always going to be gaps right um but in a new market, especially, you know, you've got to wear a lot of hats. So sometimes I'm still doing a lot of like data focused stuff. Uh, I'm still like going on sales dev, finding all my leads, my, my prospects and companies, researching them, finding them, putting them through Salesforce and outreach still and doing all my own messaging, calling people, that kind of stuff. So it's like it's still really raw, which I love because you're seeing like this, yeah. the, the BD stuff that I love doing. I love speaking to people and I love researching I'm quite um kind of nerdy in that aspect i'm quite analytical quite research focused yeah yeah, yeah. Still doing all that stuff and then speaking to people on a daily basis which is great so um it's all really fun but at the same time like you say showpads it's 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 a big company right but here it's not so well known so helping them on their road as well is is, is a story that's going to stay with my cv forever but it's going to stay in my mind forever as well um that's quite yeah. a cool success story so yeah, I'm loving yeah. it. Like it's 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 a really cool challenge to have. Like it's very different to the other challenges I've had. This is a fun one. Um, so yeah, I hope that's yeah. your question. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, it did, did. So I think you know, <clears throat> immigrating to a new world, like having a new way of life, having kangaroos in the garden with Raphael to play with—that's freaking awesome. Versus screaming foxes out here in the UK, um, and obviously, you know, going through that transition of becoming a closer, but still falling in love with the elements of what you did as a BD. So you're still, you know, building things from scratch. You're you're finding your messaging. You're finding your prospects. You're reaching out to them, and evangelizing, and you know, kind of putting the word of Showpad out into a new region is super cool. Um, and the fact that you're still happy with it and, you know, you're enjoying it, I think that's fundamentally what I would love for people to do, to be happy sellers, right? Um, and now, like you said, you're working with a new BDR, then you're kind of like showing them the ropes of, you know, the things it means to be a BD. Um, but it would be interesting to know of like, you know, when we last spoke, you were a BDR and you now become mm-hmm. an account executive. What was that journey like? And what things did you experience and what is it like? I think a lot of people want to know is what's it like on the other end? That journey is tough and fun. Like I will always respect every single BDR that I ever come into contact with being somebody that's done that job. Like I did recruitment before as well. And that's similar in terms of like, it's a lot of rejection and it's not just a lot of rejection. Some people are like downright rude to you sometimes and like you put a lot of effort in, whether you're creating videos, whether you're creating personalized email every single time, researching people, working six till 10, whatever that looks like. And you're facing rejection like 99.9% of the time. Um, and there's no other job that people will do that. Like you can be a CEO, for example, 
And whilst like there will be challenging times, you might not get to see your family because you work late, right, for example, but there's less and less people are saying no to you really because you're the CEO and people don't want to upset you, right? But for, as you kind of progress through the organization, <laughs> I think a lot of people forget BDRs and how important they are. Like there's this kind of common thought that BDRs is just like a stepping stone. It's just a junior role where you just kind of just go in, it's brutal and you step through. Um, it is brutal, but like there's so many learnings there that are going to set you up for the rest of your career. So like in terms of my journey, like when I progressed in, like it went really well for the first three months, um, which is, is great, right? And then I had a down period for like a month, yeah. month and a half. Um, I was working out of Australia for like in the AM, but doing the UK market. Um, and I actually really oh, struggled okay. for a bit because I was so keen to like master my role that I was just like reading about sales enablement, reading about pitching sales. And then... Before I know it, my manager, you know, well, Joey tapped me on the shoulder to say, kind of, we should do some one to one. You're like, you're way overcomplicating things. And I thought, I'm going to get fired. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is like, it's it's always worrying, right? But um, we went through this journey of kind of self development, really focusing on simplifying things and really mastering process and that kind of stuff. And that really, like, that helped a lot um, as a BDR, like nailing down those kind of key Mm -hmm. things, keeping it simple, having your process knowing your motivators, for example, because like not every day is going to be easy. You're not going to come in every single day and be like, I'm motivated to get told to sod off um, all the time, you know? So um, that was really helpful. So I did that for quite a while and that's kind of what saw the uptrend um, in terms of success and just trying to mask the consistency thereafter because it's all good to compete against or, or try and be number one. But once you reach number one, maybe if we're there for a month or for a week, like, you've got enough to compete against and your motivation is going to drop. So you need to know why you're dropping all the time. And I think that's very important. That's a good point. Um, And then, yeah, the role just came around. Like I think they said, just Jordan, you've just got to keep um, hitting your numbers and just um, showing the right attitudes and the right traits and stuff like that. And that's kind of how it came about. It's not like a do it for a year and it'll come about, do it for nine months or whatever. Uh, It was very much just Mm. keep doing the right things, keep showing the right attitude when there's the opportunity will promote you through so like it's, i suppose there's an element there where you just got to be a bit patient as well i worked in sales recruitment yeah and you'd be surprised how many people just drop out and then it's really tough to get out of that loop because they'll go six to nine months for being a bdr somewhere don't get the break they want and they think let's go somewhere else and be a bdr then i'll get it there yeah it doesn't happen trust me they'll stay there another nine months yeah. to another year and then they'll cycle around and unfortunately like it can ruin your career. So like I say, patience for as a BDR is one of the one of the most crucial things. Um I learned that at the time as well. It's like it can get frustrating. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it does, definitely does indeed, dude. And a lot of uh takeaways there as well, you know, like going through the experience of you know, those first three months you're in a different country and you're working like back on home region um having like joey and like having those coaching sessions um and having that patience as well to you know get used to this new role um and it it is to an extent a different mindset as to what we were doing bdr there's still elements of what we do but we have now new challenges we also have this quota on our head and now we're not only trying to convince people to have a chat with us but we're also now trying to convince them to buy from us and you know not churn and just sign that contract and chase them as well and you you hit upon that point of, you know, a lot of people just want to progress as quick as they can. Uh, it's something I've faced personally, and I've faced with people that I've managed, and it's stuff that I'm going through right now. 
<coughs> where it's that verbiage of, hey, I, I've been doing this job for about six or seven months, so I've hit my quota and I just kind of want to know what the next step is. And I ask them, well, what do you foresee that next step as? And they're like, oh, I really want to do demos. I want to become a closer. Um, and I've turned around to people and said, I don't think you're ready. And there is that look of disdain and frustration uh, and I kind of say to them, I said, look, on average, it takes around, you know, 12 to 14 months to really become proficient as a BDR or an SDR. Uh, and it's not, the goal isn't just about hitting your quota, it's about professional development, you know, learning certain skills uh, around, you know, objection handling, stakeholder management, you know, how to uh, lead a conversation and, you know, get into the technicals and provide a demo and do there's so many different things that you can still so learn as an SDR. And mm-hmm. when, when you push it back to them that way, they're like, well, no, I've hit my target. Like, why can't I have it? And it's because I thought the same thing. And I remember when I got promoted into the AE role, I was like, yeah, I've made it. I can do demos now. I can send out signs. I've got this. <laughs> and like you said, like first three months, it goes fine. I closed two deals in my first three months. And then I had this lull of two or three months with nothing. And I had my VP of sales saying, like, Neil, what the hell's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I did everything that I was doing as an SDR. I'm giving the demo, and I didn't learn a lot of things. Um, and it would be interesting to know, like, what advice, like where you said, like, have patience. Mm. If they're going to be patient, what should they be doing in that time of being patient to get them ready to become like somebody like you? Yeah, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Like, you know, Reese Mason as well. I used to pick his brain a lot, like around the kind of transition period, because like the yeah. guy's a great AE, he was a great SDR. So I used to pick his brain a lot and he gave me a list of things that, and actually they weren't what I thought they were. Like, like everybody kind of thinks, like, as you just said, then, oh, I want to be an AE, like, I want to I want to demo, I want to do this. But actually, most of the AE process isn't demoing. Obviously, that's like the demonstration of the value or showing how you solve a problem. But a lot of it's actually, um, research it's it's listening it's knowing how to articulate value like actually going i'm quite jealous of the bdrs because on a daily basis they get to be able to articulate challenges and articulate value on a daily basis so they're super super sharp um the fact that they kind of want to move away from that like and be in a hurry to move away from that they shouldn't they should kind of be be learning how to um not only articulate value but articulate value learn how to translate that into business value um, from like whatever the challenges you're solving to like the business impacts and stuff like that, more so than demoing, if that makes sense. The demoing can come later. You, you can demo mm-hmm. great, but if you're showing features, features product uh, of the product and functions, and it, it, it serves to not be a good AE, <laughs> uh, I'd say that was one of my quickest failings. Is I was doing a lot of just demo and feature function, um, and I kind of forgot about yeah. the whole like value articulation, having a conversation, being a bit more relaxed. Um, and that was what I suppose made me okay, like all good at my job as a BDR was just being relaxed and having conversations, listening to people, understanding, trying to solve their challenges, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. We're always in a hurry to do everything, like you say. Like you get one or two months of target under your belt, and you're like, "That's it, I can conquer the world." But like, try and do it for twelve months consistent. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> um i can i can tell you yeah. that so everybody's kind of always in a hurry and then that translate when you get into an eight year old you get in and people don't take the self-development curve seriously either you know um i used to see that as a mm. as, as a recruiter um as well everyone's just in a hurry just to get in and, and close a deal but you've got to remember that deals a person that deals a company uh as well so 
that's, yeah. that's, my, that's, that's my thoughts. Absolutely, 100% <laughs> yeah. agree, mate. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And I think it's that rush of, it could be to do with like, you know, the title, the recognition of closing something for the business and having your name against that. I totally get it. And that's exactly how I felt. Um, and, you know, like going into that role, it's, it's like that honeymoon period. You get the promotion, you get to tell your friends, family, yeah, I'm an AE now, I can do this thing. And I've watched my AE do demos. I know I can smash this and I know how this feature works. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about the value of how something's going to help uh, benefit like their sales reps or, you know, their sales leaders. But then what's the, like you said, the business value as to how could this help with top line revenue? How can it do this sort of stuff? As an SDR, I couldn't talk to that. I could only talk about the value that other personas had seen in the platform and why they liked it and why they want to buy from us. Mm. But what would be the ROI for that business and sit down with a stakeholder and say, right, if you work with us or partner with us, that's what I learned as an A, not to say you're a customer, but you're a partner. These are the things that we're going to strategically do with your business to help hit these top line revenue goals and these objectives and initiatives. I had to learn that by watching the other A's and VPs of sales have these conversations. I really felt out of depth when I was doing it as well. Um, and, you know, thinking strategically, that's something I didn't do when I was an AE. Well, when I first got promoted as an AE. So one thing, like I'll give you a real life example, currently at working at a company called Happio. Um, mm. And I joined in like their sales meetings they have with their AEs and with the VP of sales. And each uh, at the end of each quarter, he asks the account executives to bring like a game plan for the following quarter. Okay, what are the accounts you're going after? What industries? Uh, what are you going to be focusing on? What parts of the platform is you know th- going to be the thing that's going to help out in these different new regions? Because we're a scale up at the moment. Mm. And I would watch AE after AE like present like four to five slides as to why they picked this region. What do they need in terms of pipeline? What do they need from their SDRs? What do they need from marketing, et cetera, et cetera? And I sat there and I was just like, all right, these are QBRs, right, in essence, and they're reporting it to the VP of sales. And I was thinking, why don't I do this with my team? You know, because right now we just talk about what we're going after for the week, what we're doing for the month, and where did we get in terms of opportunities and meetings booked? And I started thinking, right, if these people want to become AEs, why don't I treat them like AEs and ask them to come up with plans? So we came up with the concept of using SMART goals, so uh, specific, nice. measurable, attainable, time-bound uh, goals. And I showed them examples of how I build game plans for an SDR team. I showed mm-hmm. them it, and I said, okay, I'd like you to go away and come up with your own game plan for Q4. Um, and at first, they were all looking at me like, why the hell do we have to do this? And I'm like, trust me, just just work with me, humor me here, right? And they went away, they like did stuff in their CRM, they did some analysis, they looked at the meetings they've booked for the past six months, they've seen where their successes are, they're looking at what channels, if it's email, if it's phone, if it's LinkedIn. Um, and after a few sessions, they've now come up with their own game plans of how they're going to attack Q4. And at the end of it, I asked them the question, <clears throat> what did you feel like going through this exercise? And they said, I've never really seen where my successes have come from and I've never really understood like how our CRM works but I yeah. now have a better idea and focus of where I should be going. Whereas before I was just a bit sporadic and I said, great, now I'm not telling you what to do. You've told me what you're going to do and I'm going to help you keep accountable to it. And that's how I think, you know, a coach and a rep relationship should be like. Yeah. Um, and the fundamental thing that I said to them after that was I said, this is, I said, if you ever want a job as an AE, know that when you go in front of the VP of sales, one of the first questions he's going to ask you is, okay, what's going to be your plan going into the quarter? Now you've got that experience of getting ready for it. 
But I'd love to know from your point of view, Jordan, like what things did you do to help prepare yourself as an AE? And how do you set up your time now? Like I remember we were talking about Sunday sessions. Like how do you work as an AE? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So I used to have all these like mad um, Excel sheets, exactly that. So I used to break down all my data into what I used to call my success sheet. So I used to have an Excel of activity. Um, and I used to break down my calls, my emails, my conversion rates, how many like calls to meetings I got, so how many conversations and stuff I needed to have and whatnot. And then I'd keep this like huge spreadsheet of like people I'd spoken to ever <laughs> with three month callbacks. I know I could use CRM, right? But just so I chose to work, my manager's probably going to just be like, oh God. Um, but I was just hyper organized. So the Sunday sessions came about because I said, like if, if you don't plan, you plan to fail, right? By the time you get in on a Monday morning, somebody else is already doing something. That somebody else is already doing something, they're already in your place. Um, whether it's somebody that's a, a, a friend of mm. me, maybe it's a recruiter that's now taking up your time, maybe it's the Amazon delivery man, it doesn't matter. If you weren't planning to do something, then somebody else is doing it instead of you. So um, that's kind of taken through. Um, I'm a big believer of like, you, you don't go outside of your front door. Like if you want to go to work, if you want to go to the gym, you know how to get there, right? You either get in your car and you take the M1 and you go here or whatever. And it's the same for anything you do in life, whether it's you're a BDR or whether you're an AE, you've got to know how you get somewhere. And that comes from data or knowing your success, whatever that looks like to you. And you work backwards from it. So yeah. when you go into an AE role, um, learning all of this and having all this kind of optimization around performance and planning really helped because I took a number I work backwards from that number into activity um, based off of like success yeah. rates of like EMEA and Europe and stuff like that. So there was a couple of different um, var variables and stuff like that that changed. Um, but also, so there was that one piece of how, how do I get success around data and planning those accounts and stuff, right? And, and then your motivators. So my motivator actually, funny enough, isn't money as an AE or as a BDR, which is mad, right? Because I'm a salesperson, but it's not. Money, money buys mm. me financial freedom, <laughs> but there's other victories around yeah. that. So I actually like, um, I love working with or, or, or speaking to new people. So I make soft targets of like having nice conversations with people per month, whether that be it comes from mm. a meeting or not. I just love learning about new people. So that's like a soft goal for me. I love doing that. Um, another goal for me is um, yeah. kind of landing new logos for the business. So like cool tech companies and stuff like that where I read about it. And I'm like, oh, wow, this business is so interesting. I want to help them grow. So that's mm. like a, a kind of another one. And the third one is a weird one. It's how much I can um, save into my son's bank account as well <laughs> from a savings perspective because I want to set the little guy up for a comfortable future. I want him to be able to do things that I couldn't do, right? Travel yeah. Europe, take a year off and do nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but like I said, yeah. as well, so there's all that planning that goes into it, but there's also there's other variables that you don't think about, like your motivations completely change because you're not like, I need to get to AE now. People get to AE and obviously you can still drop off. So yeah, I'd say they were just, yeah. um, just as fundamentally important. Um, what else? Always pick the brains of other AEs as well, right? Those guys have failed way before you did and, and they've succeeded way before you did. Um, whether it feels like a stupid question, like I, they say there's no such thing as a stupid question, um, just to ask <laughs> it. Like the worst thing someone can do is laugh at you and then you could just maybe stay clear of them next time. But, it, you know, you just got to get on with it. And <laughs> yeah, just learn, 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 I'd say. Um, I read so many books. I think I read uh, Medic by is it Andy White. There was another one, uh, Prospect, yep. 
problem, problem prospect or something, like moving into an AE role. Yep, yep. How do I get better at prospecting yeah. as an AE so I don't have to do quite as much of it as your time becomes kind of um, more stretched? So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that's still taking over, like the, the, the diary balancing as well. That's also taking over as well. It's highly optimized. I don't outbound on a Monday. I still plan on a Sunday, that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of similarities still. Yeah. I freaking love it, dude. Like from meeting you um, last year and doing the show, hearing the amount of growth and maturity that's now come into this um, and, you know, like still encompassing a lot of things that you learn as like a BDR uh, mm. and now taking on to this new responsibility of an AE. Um, super proud, bruv. That's what the first thing that I can say with it as well. And amicable, well. like, um, you know, with what you're looking to do for your future and also like providing for your son uh, as well. Um, that's one of my motivators because again, I've said this multiple times on the show, money does not motivate me. Money is a means to a next step. And like, I want that financial freedom um, and being able to provide something for your family. That's really admirable, mate. Um, and you know, like all these things that have been going through your life and your experiences and the stuff that you're doing. And like you said, you know, keeping up to date with books, uh, like how should you be prospecting? How can you be an AE as well as doing your own prospects? I, I genuinely believe that AEs are not there just to close. They have to do their own pipeline generation efforts because if they want a BDR to do it from them, you have to lead by example, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you saying at the beginning of the show, you've got this BDR that you're working with, who, which sounds he's entrepreneurial, like he maybe wants to be a CEO of his own company one day as well. That's really inspiring. Um, but what is it like now? It's kind of like the Jedi and the Padawan, like a Star Wars reference here. Like you've Probably. been that Padawan, you're now the Jedi, the AE, and you've got this young <laughs> Padawan uh, working alongside you. Like what's that relationship like? And like, what have you been able to teach him? And equally, like, what have you learned from him, sir? Yeah, I've learned... <laughs> I think I probably get more out of him at the moment. Maybe I'm maybe being a bit harsh on myself, but like I just see a lot of like myself back then as well. And it's, it's really um, like eye opening to see how far you can come because like you enter this kind of realm and you're just like, Oh, I don't know anything. I'm afraid of everything. Maybe not everybody comes in like that. Some people come in super confident. Right. And they just want to dominate it from day one and yeah. smash everything. But um I didn't come in that way. I came in quite nervous. Like I'm actually a very reserved person, you know, I went, went for all the public speaking stuff. Right. So this person, he's quite, yeah. he's a confident guy. Um, but at the same time, like he's nervous about like not succeeding from day one. So if he ever mucks up sometimes, he gets a bit nervous. So and I see that, uh, in, in, like that in, in myself from back then as well. And there's a million things. So I just love kind of yeah. trying to help him. Like I really get enjoyment out of just like being like, absolutely don't worry about it. Like if you go two, three months and you don't book a single meeting, but you do like the right things and you're trying on development and your messaging is improving and you're passionate and you're asking the right questions. doesn't matter. doesn't matter um, because you'll get there. The, but the point is, is, as long as you're doing the fundamentals and you're, and you're trying to polish those fundamentals, like you'll get there. And it's the same. That's my advice for any BDR as well. It's like, ever having a tough day don't worry about it we said this before i think a day has 24 hours and then tomorrow's yeah. a new day right you just write down yeah. what could have gone better what went well and then focus on improving them and, and bettering the things that went well right and it's the same for same for him um just be happy every single day like we live in western society uh you know uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate most days it's sunny in australia um somebody might yeah. tell you to bugger off but 
the microwave <laughs> might have exploded and they might be angry, call them back in three months. They might be a bit more chilled about it. Um, I, I like to explain yeah. stories to, to, to him as well, to like just help him as well. See, understand that I've been embarrassed. Like a lady once I called her and I woke up yeah. a baby because she, she was on maternity leave and she yeah, yeah. screamed down the phone for yeah. me and I could have cried, honestly. I was so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and then she like was just like, where'd you get my number from? And I was just like whispering down the phone, although at this point it was too late. Um, explained it, you know, where I got the number from. Yeah. And she was like, fine, bye. And then actually called me back to say sorry because she like snapped my head off. Um, um, so I, I like explaining yeah. stories like that to say like it, it genuinely happens to everyone. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. And it's nice. It's nice um, kind of having that oversight for somebody and helping them with their personal development. It's like one of my other kind of softer goals is to help them consistently develop and, and hit, hit goals and targets and stuff like that. Um and, you know, having somebody to share those wins with as well is important. Um, like we're all in this together, yeah. right? It doesn't matter if you're a BDR, an AE, a yeah. solution engineer, whatever. Like we're all on the same team. We're all trying to win together. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I don't know if I'll go the management route anytime soon, but I like the oversight. I love it, dude. And if only all AEs were like you, Jordan, you know, that supportive. Uh, and I think that really helps with somebody that's, you know, new to the career, like you've advised them that, okay, like you can make mistakes, but as long as you're trying to do the right thing, as long as you're staying consistent, storytelling is the best way to do sales, whether it be selling to an external or selling like an idea internally to somebody as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, like going through those rough patches of like harsh cold callers. I was actually having a conversation with somebody on LinkedIn this week where this BDR had asked on LinkedIn saying like, look, salespeople or prospects, I just want your advice. She said she got onto a call with somebody, she cold called somebody <clears throat> and it sounded like her prospect was being an a-hole that day. Yeah. Uh, where they were laughing at her, trying to overcome objections as to why he wasn't interested and he kind of berated her a little bit. Um, but she, you know, got off the call and she moved on and she just says like, is this, does this happen all the time? Like I've been, I do a hundred dials a day and this guy just got to me and I just kind of chimed in and said, look, you're going to get this, but first and foremost, take like a, an applause for yourself for doing the call in the first place, you know, trying to get towards the other end and, you know, not for reacting. And I always say that if somebody's having a bad day, like perhaps that lady with child, uh, they may have been going through something in that day where they're just going to snap or bite the head off somebody they don't know because it's easier to hate on some not hate on them, but be mean to somebody yeah. that you're never going to meet or you're never going to know. And But, you know, just you have to kind of let it not get to you personally and it's easier said than done, but it takes time and the more you do it. Um, but it was beautiful to hear that lady called you back to say sorry because, you know, sometimes people are just going through a bad time and we ring at the time when they're going through it and not to, you know, take it too, too personally. Yeah, exactly. um, but having that relationship like with your BD, um, I absolutely love that. And do you know what? It might be really cool again to get you on the show again, but perhaps get both of you to hear like the SDR and the AE on the same SDR disco called podcast and have you both here chiming in. I think that'd be super beautiful. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good angle as well. And then there's another person to hear about their self-development, maybe how terrible of a, of a coach I am maybe <laughs> who knows um, I think it's a great idea um, <laughs> well, stories from both angles right all right I've planted the seed there so yeah I've, I've planted the seed there if we can get uh, your BD on uh, with yourself I'd love to do a dynamic duo because that's what you guys are 
you're a dynamic duo, you're co-pilots, you're helping each other out, break into new markets, new regions, and you like egg each other on to do it. Uh, and you learn from each other. So it's really refreshing to hear that you've got a great relationship um, with them as well. And if we kind of like what we've normally done on this show, Jordan, is what would we say to a younger version of ourselves, like three key takeaways? And obviously you gave us three key takeaways last time. I'd like to know is like from the advice that you've given, mm. has anything changed in terms of your mindset and the way that you look at things now today? And what would those three things be, sir? Yeah, I think it's not so much that they change a lot. It's that they kind of evolve a little bit, if that makes sense. Because one of the things is like um, just work. One of the things I think was like just working hard all the time, uh, working hard and smart. But like that's changed a little bit with the dynamic of the way we work today, like working home, no more commutes, um, no more distraction from offices and stuff like like that. So I just like I'd always advise people like don't don't ever kill yourself for a job. Um if you're organized enough, it's kind of a second point. If you're organized enough anyway, um, you can do everything that you need to do within the timeframes you need to do it. Um, and if you want that bit of extra, then work that a little bit harder, right? But don't ever kill yourself uh, 24-7 yeah. for kind of anything um, in life, I'd say. Um, the second thing is um, yeah, have, have fun. Have fun. Like we're only here for a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. Um so it doesn't matter, like, you know, if, if you if you miss your target by 1% that year or something or or somebody told you to bugger off or whatever that day looks like, just 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 have a little bit of fun. Um, just smile. If somebody screams at you, just smile and say, oh, I'm glad I'm not having a, that bad of a day, for example. And, and it's a ride, so, like, enjoy yeah. every step of the kind of rocket ship you're on. Um, third step, um, just embrace things. Never be afraid. Um I'd say tackle things you're afraid of head on first. Whatever that big monstrous thing is in the day that you're just dreading, if it's not scheduled into your diary, do it first because then your day after that's just easy because you're not sweating about this thing that hasn't happened yet. You're just living in the now of what you're doing. You're not fretting about this thing you haven't done or the future or the action or something you haven't done. You've already tackled the monster today and it's all just all downhill um, Jack and Jill from there, isn't it? So um, that's that's kind of my advice. So I suppose it's all kind of positive and smiley and happy, right? Um, but that, yeah, that, that's kind of my takeaways. Yeah. I can definitely get down with those happy takeaways. So, so first and foremost, I agree. It is a job and yes, it can be a career, but don't kill yourself trying to do it all. Like, you know, taking a step back from stuff. And <clears throat> sometimes it's hard when you're really passionate about a role or a business and you want to see it succeed. Uh, same way with me, like um, working as an SDR manager, it's something that I'm trying to get used to again because I haven't done it for such a while and I'm doing mm -hmm. it remotely. And sometimes uh, I'm catching up with my VP and he's like, so how's your week going? I said, yeah, do you know what? I've been up till nine or 10 o'clock at night finishing off these reports and getting this training stuff. He's like, dude, you know you need to switch off at the end of the day. I said, yeah, but I want to get it done. He's like, Neil, don't kill yourself, you know, because if you burn out, then you're not going to be any help to us. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, and then to your second point, like, enjoy it, have fun. Um, so if it's your calls, if it's your F-ups, you know, or doing like a role play with your AE or something like that, or, you know, reviewing calls that have gone well and haven't gone well, doing it with the team, going out with the team, having a lunch, you know, having outings. That's the one thing I missed until mm. I went to Amsterdam last week was, you know, being able to hug my team and say like, and uh, when people were booking meetings, normally in Slack, like, well, hey, emoji, like celebrate, but... 
we was actually hitting a gong or a bell in the room and nice. like having fun with it and then going out for drinks uh, after. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time the world has changed and the way we're selling has changed as well. And, you know, like we all have limited time on this earth. So, like, have fun with it, make the best of it um, and enjoy what the hell you do. Like, you need to be happy sellers. You know, that's what I'm all about. So, absolutely love it, Jordan. Uh, and again, yeah, if we could get your BD on the show uh, alongside yourself or if it's just him, I'd love to do that and we can see what's it like to work under Jordan. That would be interesting to know. And I think um, a question I would love to ask is, so now being in an AE role, a lot of SDRs, they want to aspire to closing that deals. What's it really like closing a deal? And what's that like feeling like and how easy is it and how hard is it? What, what advice would you give out to any budding future AEs out there? Um, it, I suppose it depends on your motivator a little bit, but it feels a bit euthoric, if I'm honest, <laughs> when you get the first one, um, the first customer, the first person that's kind of willing to work with you and you, you're going to get to help them, which is really cool. Um, I personally like to sit in all, on some of those like after CS meetings as well, because I love to see what's going on. Um, yeah, it's euthoric. There's, not, there's nothing kind of like it, but, but don't get it twisted. There's like, there's far more fails <laughs> like it be, as being a BDR than there are closes. If you I think the average SaaS closing rate is about three to five percent, something like that, depending on your um, verticals or, yeah. or, or your sizes, right? But um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'd say um, just again align your kind of motivators as to why you're closing these deals, and you'll definitely close them more often. Um, and make sure you've got that good, that great process and um, uh, around uh, getting to those goals, right? So that's, that's kind of my advice, and I, I look forward to every single person that listens to this closing their first deal in the future. Thank you so much, Jordan. Um, so it's a question I always ask for, for every guest. So first and foremost, thank you so much for coming back on the show. As mentioned, would love to have you as many times on as possible to see how things are progressing in your career and having alongside your BD. Um, so there's probably going to be a lot of uh, SDRs, BDRs, or even AEs that would love to pick your brain. Um, and predominantly, I always ask, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Most people say LinkedIn, and if that's the case, that's fine. But Jordan Cornish, what is the easiest way to get in touch with yourself? You can hit me up uh, on LinkedIn, Jordan Cornish. It's like J-O-R-D-O-N Cornish, jordan.cornish at showpad.com. And uh, if you want to call an Australian number, plus 61455168518 is my mobile. I'm happy to give anyone a chat if they want to call me. Wow. You're the first guest that's given all three channels. You're a multi-channel guy, but appreciate that. So for the listeners and watchers, I'm going to be putting the link to Jordan's LinkedIn uh, within the show notes. I'm also going to be referencing his original episode. So if you want to hear what it was like when Jordan was first a BDR on, on this show, definitely have a check out and then obviously watch this one to see the comparison and seeing how much you've grown as a salesperson. So I'm super proud and happy for you as well. Uh, but Jordan, it's been a pleasure as always. I wish uh, everything goes well down under for yourself, for Raphael. Uh, and I look forward to catching up with you soon, sir. Joel, cheers now. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well. See you soon. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.